This is the Doctor. President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords. I am definitely a madman with a box. Anyone for Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castabras. Hey, who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. And my name's Adam. And we're at episode 66. Order 66. <laughs> 66. <laughs> I hope you guys are all well and had a fantastic week. Uh, we are ready to rock and roll with our uh, Doctor Who news, and then we're going to get into our review of Face the Raven. Mm. And we've also got a cheeky little competition for you as well to celebrate uh, 52 years of Doctor Who being on TV. Yeah. Which is cool. Very cool. (laughs) It's very cool. I don't think we say cool enough. No. We should should probably say that a bit more. It's very cool. I think we should put it in the the actual podcast name, actually, the cool Big Blue Box podcast. (laughs) The Big Blue Box podcast of cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. Of coolness, yeah, cool. We do say (laughs) it a lot. (laughs) We do say it a lot. It's become habit. Well, we had we had um we had a rolling habit, didn't we? That went through some of the early shows we did together. I think um, I think it was like eight or nine um episodes on the bounce. We said, one day, oh, one day I should get yeah the, the Hartnell speech. Yeah. And it's, it's the thing is, you do say things over again. I mean, I, I was listening back to one of our podcasts uh, last week, and you sort of I kept hearing you know when you pick up on something, mm-hmm. you you notice it all the time. And I think I, I say you know a lot, so I'll be like talking to you, and I'm saying you know. Uh, so we go out there, and you know, and I think stop saying you know, <laughs> yeah. but you do You don't. You don't hear yourself doing it. It's weird, isn't it? Yes. Cool. So that's cool. Uh, how have you been? <laughs> uh, I've been very well, thanks, mate. What have you been up to? You've been travelling, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I haven't had uh, much who going on because I've been I've been in Prague the last few days, um, drinking very cheap beer. I was very <laughs> tempted to stay. It was like pound a pint over there, so it was great. Um, but I've been doing a lot of walking and and sightseeing and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, it's all been good. I got back la- late last night, so yeah, I'm still a bit blurry eyed to be honest with you. But yeah, it's all good. Um, not much who in my life for the last few days because obviously I've been over there um, and they only had one channel on the TV over there in English, which was Sky News, which mm-hmm. was which was um, depressing. So, yeah, the only who thing I've had going on in this week is I ordered the Unique Extinction box set from Big Finish. Oh, um, you did order it. I did. Oh, I, nice I wanted to get it because I was a little bit paranoid that it will go up uh, next month, won't it? Normally they, once they've past the pre-order month, they go up. Yeah, um, and I think it doubles in price. I think it goes up to forty quid, and I've I've heard really good things about it. And I looked at it and I thought, yeah, it's got Osgood and it's got Kate Stewart. So you know, twenty quid. I'm I'm just gonna gonna get it, and you get the download straight away. So I my plan was to buy it and listen to it while I was in Prague, but of course that went out the window. So <laughs> I, so I've got the download. I expect Big Finish will ship the uh, set to me when they're ready and um, yeah so it's, it's got it but unfortunately I haven't had a chance to listen to any of it yet right. um, but I am kind of excited about it I, I've heard good things please please praying up to the gods <laughs> that Big Finish send this to you in a timely manner 
Oh, if you'd have seen me last night when I got in, I was like a little 10-year-old brat when I got in last night. I was so <laughs> tired. Um, and I am waiting for a couple of things. Oh, no. um, and there was, a pass, there was a package on the table, and I thought, I'm waiting for these subs- free subscription gifts from, uh, what's that, the Doctor Who comic? The Titan um, people. The Titan people, yes. Yeah. I'm waiting for their free gifts, and they... They were supposed to be shipped two months ago and never arrived, and they've resent them, and that was three weeks ago and still arrived. So there was a package on the table, and I was like, "Ah, that must be oh," and they and the package wasn't for me, and I I threw a right little strop. I was like, "Oh, for goodness sake!" I threw them across the road. It's for you. Oh, <laughs> oh I was furious. I was, but there we are. There <laughs> so we go. yeah, yeah, it's not today. It's not just uh, not just big finish. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to have to reach for that rant jingle. No, no, not yet. No, it's all good. It's not where all... it concerns big finish anyway. Not for a no. while. No, hopefully it won't take two months. Yeah. So, yeah. So what about you, mate? What have you been up to? Me? Um, since not, we last spoke. Since we last spoke. Um, not too much uh, Who stuff. I've watched... Um, well, I had a package arrive. That was for our competition, which we'll come on to in a little while. Mm. Um, that was uh, that was good. I'm quite... Oh, that's one of the things about when you, when you run in a show like this and you do these competitions, it's like... Do I really want to give this away? <laughs> Very jealous because I want to keep it for myself, but um, we won't do that. So that was a package. Um, been looking can into I just some... say, can I just say that's why it's good that they arrive with you because I'm such a hoarder. Oh, no- God. Yeah. Nothing would ever leave this house if it, if it arrived at me. So it's a good job they come to you. That is a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't never see the light of day. <laughs> no, they, they wouldn't. <laughs> providing, <laughs> providing the postman actually brings it in the first place, that is. That's a very good point. But then I yeah. could blame him, couldn't I? I could say, do you know what, Gary? I've been waiting months for that competition prize. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a scapegoat. Yeah, 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 it, is, yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, yes. So I've been looking at some conventions for next year as well. Because um, I want to try and get out to as many as possible next year. Because um, it has... Um, one of the things that... Uh, has been really good since running the podcast and uh, not just meeting up with you, buddy. Um, it's just meeting up with our listeners and other Who fans out of conventions. It, I'm not just saying this. It really is like the highlight of, of being a Who fan, I guess. Yeah. It's being out there and, and chatting to you guys and geeking out big time on Who and, you know, why I don't like Remembrance of the Daleks and why you love it and, and all that stuff. It's just really cool. So um, possibly thinking about Dimensions next year. Oh right, yeah. Uh, looks pretty good. Um and also um I think I think we should try and get out to one of the big ones, not just the Who ones, but the big ones like um uh, London Film Comic Con or MCM or one of those things. Yeah, yeah, I love going to those, yeah. 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 And oh, they okay. normally do have um a couple of classic Who peeps there. You normally find Colin Baker or McCoy and some companions and stuff, so I would love to see McGann because uh, he he did a couple of the like showmasters, uh, collectomanias, um, for quite a while actually, yes. and he's kind yep. of tailed off a bit this year. But I would love to see McGann do some next year. That would be, that'd be a major draw for me. Yeah, yeah. I told you about my McGann story, didn't I, at Collectomania at Milton Keynes a couple of years ago? Uh, remind me. Um, we was walking through because um, I don't know if any of you guys have been to the Milton Keynes ones. Uh, Milton Keynes. It was when they did. It was before they moved it into the big hall. Um, it was when they did it just as part of the stadium. Yes. Um, so you could walk around like there basically is a football pitch in the middle and you can walk around the whole outside and they've got like um, different signing booths and stuff you know, around the whole thing. And uh, I'm walking around um, with uh, my, my two sons and, and the wife and uh, she uh, she 
she kind of bumps into into this gentleman who had like a grey coat on and stuff. And she turned around. She's like, oh, I'm really sorry. Uh, and um, I didn't clock at first. But as she turned around to say sorry, she was like, I'm sure that's Paul McGann. And I looked around and saw the back of him. I was like, no, it's not. And she went, I'm telling you, that's Paul McGann. So we turned around swiftly and walked the other way, walked past him so we could turn around and see him. And it was Paul McGann. Oh, cool. And uh, as we walked past him again, he kind of did this weird double take because he was like, the, the look on his face was like, I'm sure I've just bumped into you. Yeah. It was like a yeah. Matrix moment. It's like, <laughs> I'm sure I've just seen you and bumped into you. But yeah, so I was moments and like inches away from Paul McGann and I didn't even clock. A bit shameful, really. He, he's, he's a nice guy. I like Paul McGann a lot. He's really cool, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, really he is. Nice guy. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was gonna say I, I've only met him. Well, I met him once at, at, at Collector Mania. That was a long, long time ago, um, and I got him to sign uh, a with Nail and I thing. And then I did bump into him in the street many years later um, and got a picture with him. And he was so nice about it. Yeah, he's just he's just a really yeah nice guy and a great doctor as well. Considering like you know you sort of think um, like my other half always says, well. there's... And he ever done that one? And I say, yeah, but there's all the big finish stuff. He's he's fantastic. You know what I mean? He's, he is such a good doctor. His output on big finishes is brilliant. So yeah, yeah. he's 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 up there. He's, he's on my list of people. I really I know I've met him, but I, I want I'd like to get a Doctor Who thing signed because as I say, I've got the with Nan and I. So I'd like to get something Doctor Who-y from him. Yeah, um, yeah. Trying to think who else I'd like to see because. You're right, Collectomania, they used to get loads and loads of Doctor Who and Star Wars and, and uh, Robert England was there every every single one for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kenny Baker, David Kenny Prowse. Kenny Baker, yeah, yeah. the right. usual crowd. Yeah. Um, and the Doctor Who ones have died off slightly um, of late. Um, but I'm trying to think who else I'd love love to see if they did some next year. Uh, well, the London one's already up, but they haven't put any guests yet, have they? So No, not yet. You know, But I mean, some of the new Who people would be great. I mean, I, I was... I would love to to get a picture with Matt Smith. Um, of I don't course, know. If, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if he, he's. He, I don't think he's done them. I might be wrong. I think David Tennant did one, uh, and again, he would be another one because I've never. I've come so close to David Tennant, but never actually met him. So right, right. Tennant and Smith, I would just love to see at these things. The only thing is, I'm guessing the autograph price would be like ridiculous because I think John Hurt was fifty quid um, at the last one for an autograph. Oh, so, yes, yeah, yeah. So that's the only thing, but yeah, I would definitely. We'll get out to some more next year. Um, I, like you, I've been looking as well to see what what's going on. I know the Chiswick ones have sort of already put a couple of things up, but not many guests yet. So yeah, I'm already on the lookout as well. Yeah, so I think that would be cool to get out to some more next year. Oh, we do. We will. We definitely good, will. Yeah. Uh, nothing else other than that. I watched. Um, I watched. This is really strange. I, I think it was about. Yeah, the, the week leading up to the festival, um, I pulled out a load of Who to watch that week mm. um, to kind of get myself in the zone, if you like, or Who'd up. Yeah. And I put on The Curse of Fenric. Um, and I think that's when I put on Facebook that I was very slowly starting to warm to McCoy. Yeah. And there was a few overjoyed people. And uh, for some reason, I watched it again this week. Right. It's one of those things where I don't... I. I don't tend to watch the classic ones that close together again. You know, it'd probably be, um, you know, once I've watched something, Genesis or whatever, it's probably mm -hmm. like literally at least a year or, or something between me watching them again or something like that. But that one, I'm not sure. I was just sitting there thinking, right, I'm going to put a classic coup on because I'm in the mood for some classic stuff. Yeah. Looking at all the stuff and I thought, I'm going to watch Curse of Fenwick again. I don't know why. 
I just stuck it on. And I really like that story. It's good. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good McCoy one. And he's good yeah. in it as well. Yeah, it's got more of a darker tone to it. I think, mm. um, yeah, it's in the last series as well that the that they made. And yeah, it's a good one. I've always liked Curse of Fenrir. I, I think it's taking itself a bit more seriously than some of the McCoy stories. So, I mean, it's... Um, it's creepy as well. Yeah, yeah, I just think it's a good story. And I like the backstory with Ace as well when, yep. you know, all that going on with the baby and everything. Yeah, it's a good one. I'm trying to think what comes after it because there's... In that same series, you've got Ghost Light. Have you seen Ghost Light? I, I have. Yeah, I've got that. It's really good. Yes, yeah, so, so, yeah, yep. it's a good one. Uh, that's one that does take a couple of watches, doesn't it? Because it's it's um, quite confusing. Um, uh, yeah, it's definitely... Um, uh, yeah, so the, um, the uh, one after Curse of Fenwick, it's the last one, isn't it? Survival. Survival, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which yep. uh, we've reviewed, but it's funny because I know you said I was when I was very very pleased when I saw your post actually that you were slightly warm into McCoy because I'm I'm a big fan of his era, um, you know, uh, good and bad. I just there's there's so much in there that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, so I was quite pleased that you were slowly warming to him, and um, and I do think I think I've said this before, but I I think one day, one day, one, there it is. One day you'll <laughs> you I I reckon you'll put on remembrance. And I think you'll see it through different eyes. I really do. But I don't think the time's right yet. But I think some sometime in the future, you're just going to think, I'm going to give that another go. And I reckon you're, you're going to see it through different eyes. Yeah, I think it'll probably... I, I think I'm, I'm, I'll watch all of the McCoy stuff and leave that till last and re-watch it. And then maybe we'll do a we'll do a revisit review or something of it. Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong. It just might not gel with you. But I, I do think, yeah, I, I've got a feeling you might enjoy that. Um, on a rewatch at some point but maybe the time is is not right it's a bit like battlefield i mean i i I enjoy all of mccoy's stories but i've never ever been able to get into battlefield and i every now and again i'll i'll (laughs) put it on i'll think uh, you know a bit like you i was sort of looking through thinking which classic do i feel like watching and i'll sort of hover my finger over battlefield and think "Mm, yeah i think i'm thinking i'm going to give this another go you know it's been (laughs) long enough and, and i'll put it on and i always feel the same i never seem to get get past it but um i don't know it, it's another one that i do, again i will give it I, I always get so far into it and then just find myself wanting to switch it off and right. um yeah. and it bugs me because it's the only one I, I even like paradise towers i enjoy Blimey. delta and the bannermen um we're going to be reviewing yeah. uh, next year uh, <laughs> i can't wait to review that one with you but yeah i can pretty much find stuff to really enjoy in all of the mccoy era apart from battlefield and it bugs me that that's the only one so yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah maybe we should watch that together at some point mm. maybe we'll we'll crash into it together because i haven't seen it yet yeah 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 it'd be an interesting one to review i just i don't know something about it just doesn't work for me but anyway yeah we'll, yeah. we'll do that one but but uh doubt on the bannermen first because i'm so <laughs> looking forward to reviewing that with you yes yeah. yes i've got that one that's going to be um that's going to be a fun a fun review of that one yeah, the bit where the Diddy men are in it is, is brilliant. Oh, no, sorry, I've said too much. <laughs> I was going to say, not, not, not yet. No, no, not I'm yet. only kidding. They're not. They're not. Um, so, yes, um, warming to McCoy. Good Slowly. Stuff. And his rolling R's and mm. and all that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I've been up to, who-wise. Yeah. Um, so, before we get on to the news, we're going to do our competition. And it is to celebrate Doctor Who, 52 years now. 52 years, yeah. Yeah, and it's no stopping it. At the moment, hopefully. No. <laughs> uh, so we have got a collection of six uh, books for you guys. 
and it's the um, it's the collection of books that have been uh, written for uh, Capaldi, the Twelfth Doctor, uh, and they are The Crawling Terror uh, by Mike Tucker, uh, Silhouette by Justin Richards, The Blood Cell by James Goss, uh, Deep Time by Trevor Bexendale, Royal Blood by Una McCormack, and Big Bang Regeneration by Gary Russell. Good writers there. Very good. Um, mm. So you can win all six books. And all you have to do is jump onto our Facebook page. There'll be, um, uh, by the time you're listening to this, there should be a post on there. We'll, uh, we'll pin it to the top of the, uh, we'll pin it to the top of the page. Um, you just need to jump on there and give us, um, uh, uh, tell us what your favourite Doctor Who story is, and why. And uh, originally, I thought when I spoke to you about this earlier, I thought we'll just do it as TV, but it could be anything. So it could be your favourite book, your favourite Big Finish story, your favourite TV episode, whatever you want. Just tell us what your favourite Doctor Who story is and why it's your favourite. And uh, we'll we'll pick a random winner and announce it on next week's show. Yeah, excellent. Good luck with that, guys. Good luck indeed. Right, uh, shall we land this and do some news? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it indeedy. First up in news this week um, is pretty much the reason why we're doing our competition. Uh, Doctor Who has been uh, on our screens for 52 years, which is quite the achievement. It really is, actually, when you think about that. If you just let that sink in for a minute, that is that is a big achievement. 52 years. That's huge. Yeah, it is, it is good. Yeah. It's amazing. And a lot of people do say it um, quite... Uh, kind of nonchalant really these days it's like yeah you've been on for 50 years it's pretty good but like you say when you actually take a step back and realize how long that is um that that's quite incredible is there um, any other show that's that i mean I, I think it's coronation street the only other show that's that's sort of outdone it if you like is there any other program that's, that's lasted um, this long that you could think of yeah i mean there there is um well there are long you know running shows out there but in terms mm. of um, yeah, I mean, in terms of especially sci-fi, mm. um, it's um, it, it's I think it must be the longest show in terms of sci-fi. Um, but yeah, I can't. I mean, Corrie is a really long one. Uh, that's been on since um, when was that? That was like. Oh. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure listeners out there are probably screaming at the at us again. But so that's what I was thinking. I can't think of many programs that have had this longevity. Yeah. Blue um, Peter. Blue Peter's been on since 19. So, well, yeah, Blue Peter's been on for 55 years. Has it? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So that's um, that's a really long one. Um, it's funny because I was, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Actually, I, I don't quite kind of know how my thought process got round to it but i was thinking about colin baker and i was probably thinking about my regeneration cell something and and i was thinking about that story he tells where he watched the very first episode where he turned up at his mate's house and it was on and he sort of leant in the doorway to watch it for a few minutes and then half an hour later he was still stood in the doorway because he was so gripped by it and i was i was thinking about that i was thinking actually when you think of that very first episode of doctor who that Back then, in 1963, I mean, it was, it was a phenomenal episode, mm. I think. I absolutely love episode one, you know, uh, An Earthly, Earthly Child. So it is, it is an incredible, brave 
um, episode, I think. And, you know, in, in, in every sense, like, the, you know, they, they really sort of pushed themselves to the limit in terms of, like, I mean, you think of that TARDIS set and everything that they built and, you know, for this, for such a, what I think was originally planned to be a very short run. Um, now, this is where this is where fans will be screaming at me, but I think it wasn't it like 12 episodes or something it was originally commissioned for or... So I'm probably getting myself in deep water here. I can't remember the figures. I'm, I'm I'm not that geeky, but I know it wasn't sort of commissioned for, you know, yeah. a year like it is now, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it was incredible that they sort of threw themselves into it as much as they did back back then, and they really went for it. They did, yeah, yeah, and it shows. And um, actually, Cor- yeah, so Coronation Street has been on for longer. So Corrie's been on for fifty five years. That started in nineteen sixty. Oh right, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, and then Blue Peter as well, fifty-five years, and then and then who? Uh, it was UK TV, that is. Yeah. Um, so that is quite, that is quite amazing, and it's um, and like I said, normally people because it's quite a known thing now that Doctor Who's been on for over fifty years, these numbers keep ticking over, and before we know it, we're going to be at sixty years, you know, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, and it's just nuts, it's crazy. I mean, it's um, I remember when I first started getting into Who, and I thought. Okay, so it goes back 50 years. We're talking like, I don't know, you know, a couple of dozen series and that'll be it. <laughs> but, you know, if, if, you're a, if you're a new fan of Who and you want to get into all the classic stuff and you want to go back through the history and stuff, there's so much to go through. And you've got such a rich library of, of excellent actors and stories and all that stuff going back. It's, uh, it really is, um, it really is a, a, a good thing. And uh, it's one of the reasons why... I'm getting a bit soppy here, but it's one of those reasons why I just love being a Doctor Who fan because there's just such this huge, you know, you know, history spans over this long time and you can just dip into anything you want. You know, there's there's been like so many books over the years and obviously all the TV stuff and now we've got the big finish stuff, which is really good. Um, yeah, it's just awesome. So 52 years on TV, it's uh, quite the achievement. It is. And actually you saying about, I mean, it's a bit like when I was looking back at the pictures for this article and stuff. And like you said, there's so, it's so varied over the years and it's changed so much and it's evolved. And, you know, like, like we were saying earlier about when you want to pick a classic to watch, you can sort of almost do it by what mood you're in because, you know, the each year is different and yeah, it's incredible back catalogue. And I just was thinking, actually, you were saying about, you know, hopefully it'll never end and it'll go on forever and all this, but that did remind me while I, while I was, um, away this week um, I, I kept sort of checking into Twitter and trying to see what was going on in the world because uh, as I say there wasn't anything in my hotel room to sort of keep me up to date and I was seeing loads of people posted about Doctor Who Day and people were putting up all their different pictures and quotes and everything on the 23rd which was really nice to see on Facebook um, and I also saw on Twitter that there'd been some um, not protests but there was something outside the BBC with Sophie Aldred um, I want to say Joe Grant. What's I've forgotten her name? Katie Manning. That's the one. Okay. Katie Manning and Peter Davison were outside the front of the BBC. You know, uh, the radio. Well, it's now actually just the BBC, isn't it? Yeah. They're out the front there saying, you know, uh, the BBC use it or lose it or something. Do you, do you know much about that? Because I didn't really know. Well, I guess there's a clue in the title, but you know, I didn't really sort of know much about it. I didn't see anything on the news or anything about it. But no. It's just I was surprised to see like Peter Davison and that they're sort of picketing out the front and Sophie Aldridge. You know. Uh, uh, trying to save the BBC, I thought it was quite uh, quite incredible. Yeah, well, the, well, there was a um, there's always a campaign or some kind of um, reform to 
to break the BBC apart and do all sorts with it or privatise it, whatever. Mm. Um, so it, it's quite a regular thing, isn't it, where you have um, quite uh, famous uh, actors who have been in BBC shows. Yeah. Um, campaign to save it. I know David Tennant was very vocal uh, early, early on in the year about, you know, not having the BBC broken up and privatised and and uh, and spending cuts and all that stuff. So I'm not surprised that these uh, these actors are kind of making their voices known. Yeah, and it's good to... I mean, Peter Davis is quite... He's, um, you know, he, he sort of... He's very much, you know, a supporter of the BBC, isn't he? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like when you watch him on that that television centre documentary on the DVD and that, he he does have a real affection for the BBC, or, you know, naturally, because of all the work he did there. But, yeah, yeah I mean, I do, it just made me think, because we do sort of always assume, not take it for granted, but, you know, I mean, you always think the BBC is there. Um, but, yeah, you sort of never think of a time when it might not be. And I, I think Doctor Who's just one of those programmes that... You know, we associate with the BBC, but it doesn't mean, you know, God forbid, should the BBC ever go? You know, it doesn't mean Doctor Who will go. I think it's just one of those shows that's because of the format could, could literally go on forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Reminds me of Toby Haydake, who always says he, in a very selfish way, he hates the thought of um, Doctor Who carrying on after he dies. He's like, no, I don't, can't stand the thought of there being episodes out there that I won't get to see and all yeah. this sort of thing. Yeah. You know, you know I, always, I always think that as well. Yeah. Yeah, so it's cool. So, I mean, when um, An Unearthly Child went out, um, that was just over four million people saw. That's not bad. Mm. Not bad at all for a first step, for a first run. No, it's not bad, is it? No. Compared to, um, you know, I imagine uh, if it had been around for, for longer at the time, the newspapers would have been trashing it. You know, figures are going down through the <laughs> pan and, yeah. you know, it's going to be cancelled and axed and all that stuff that we have nowadays. So, yeah. Yeah. 52 years. Anyway, well done. Yes, yeah. well done, BBC. And great to see everyone celebrating that on, on Facebook, Doctor Who Day. Yeah. I love it. Um, right, so in other news, uh, we've had a couple of guest uh, cast announcements. Um, see, I totally missed this over the last couple of days, so I was a bit surprised I read this this morning. Uh, so this is for the Christmas special. Um, we've got Matt Lucas, you know, from Little Britain fame, and Greg Davis, who I actually really like. Yeah. Um, I don't know if yeah. you've ever watched Cuckoo and, and that on, on BBC Three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we sort of, you know, these two guys mainly known for their comedy roles. Um, and I know some people sometimes worry about that when comedy actors are cast. But I often find that they do quite a good job. And I'm thinking of um, Rufus Hound in that that rubbish episode. He was actually really good in it. You know? so <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I think people assume comedy people will ham it up and be terrible, which sometimes they are. But, um, yeah, I think these two would be good. I, I mean, Lucas is... He's done loads of field work and stuff, and I think you sort of know what you're going to get with him. So he's good. Um, and Davis, I like anyway. So I, it sounds like he's going to be a villain. Um, let's have a look. What are they called? So Lucas's character uh, is called Nardole. I think that's how you say it. Nardole, yeah. yeah. Nardole. And uh, Greg Davis is going to play King Hydroflax. What? <laughs> What a dreadful name. Hydroflax. Come on. Yeah. Hydroflax, yeah. <laughs> um, now, I don't know about you, Gary. I mean, they've released a few images from this already. I like the one of River and, and 12. I River's coming in for some stick from some quarters. But do you know what? I don't know about you, but I think River and 12 will, are going to work well together. I just think it's a good pairing up. Um, and I think we've had enough break from River to, to see it back because we, we were getting bored of it. But I, I don't mind. I'm actually quite looking forward to this pairing. Uh, um yes i i yeah. think so yeah i think i haven't really thought about it too much to be honest with you because i've just been so wrapped up in 
the current episodes from from this series but yeah i the yeah i mean the more i think about it i think it will work because they're quite i think there'll be some good chemistry there and 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 i think river song she's worked quite well with the younger actors who have played who mm. we've not seen her yet with a um with an, an older gentleman so i think that will have a completely different dynamic which will change things up a bit yeah so, I th- yeah i think so and also she's apparently she, she well she won't know it's the doctor yes um, yeah. so so i must admit they've they've released a synopsis for this story and now i'll be honest with you that my my first initial reaction to it was it sounded awful because <laughs> it just sounds really don't know it it basically says like king hydroflax is furious his giant robot bodyguard is out of control and coming for them and all this sort of thing um but do you know what the the more i thought about it the more i think it sounds like it's going to be a fun christmas episode which i'm all for because i wasn't really a fan of last christmas that you know the last special we got i found it a bit bleak and it was just an alien ripoff and i just it didn't do anything for me so i'm all for having a bit more fun uh, a bit like we used to get because i think some of the earlier christmas specials i i definitely enjoy more than some of the latter ones that we've got so yeah so although initially i read the synopsis for this one i thought oh my god um i actually am warming to it and thinking well i'm all for a bit more fun actually right yeah and last year it was very very christmasy mm. obviously starring uh santa supposedly uh, yeah. um, but moffat has said that this one um there's not a lot of christmas in it right so i don't think it's going to be festive um too much but i think it's going to concentrate it's going to be more character stuff i think i don't think it's going to be overly christmas christmasy themed yeah yeah so well, i hope so because I, as i say i've not really the last sort of few really haven't done much for me and i used to really look forward to the christmas specials i have to be honest i used to genuinely you know think it, it was a highlight I just used to think oh brilliant you know dot two christmas day it was it was a real treat and they have dwined off in the last few years for me i've not sort of not dreaded them but they've not been that that buzz there that i've thought oh great dot two's on today yeah you know i'm yeah. just sort of quite happy to watch it on boxing day or whatever um but yeah I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to this i think river and 12 together good combination um this is the episode that we talked about this very briefly last week this is the one with the the moth spoke to rtd about it and rtd said you know what if it's your last episode do what the hell you want and judging by the synopsis moffat has taken the reins and gone with that so it sounds like he's gonna throw everything in here um because he did plan it to be his last one at the time so i think we're in for a bit of a treat i hope so anyway i really do yeah 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 because christmas yeah they haven't been the best of stories not recently admittedly not recently so um he's hoping it's going to be um it's going to redeem itself and we'll have a, a really good christmas day with that one yeah hope so yeah i think that's going to wrap for news yeah, that's it for the news. That's it for the news. Um, Adam, my good fellow, mm. what are we going to review this week? Gary, it's time to face the raven. You. You listen to me. You're going to be alone now. And you're very bad at that. You're going to be furious and you're going to be sad. But listen to me. Don't let this change you. No, listen, whatever happens next, wherever she is sending you, I know what you're capable of. You don't be a warrior. Promise me. Be a doctor. What's the point of being a doctor if I can't cure? Heal yourself. 
You have to. You can't let this turn you into a monster, so... I'm not asking you for a promise. I'm giving you an order. You will not insult my memory. There will be no revenge. I will die, and no one else here or anywhere will suffer. What about me? If there's something I could do about that, I would. Guess we're both just gonna have to be brave. Welling up all over again. <laughs> oh, blimey. So, wow, Doctor Who really has um, has a knack, doesn't it, for pulling at the old heartstrings? It, it certainly does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, obviously the main, the main thing with this episode um, was Clara's departure, which we'll come on to in a little while. Um, so overall, this was, so this was the strange thing, wasn't it? Uh, based on uh, the previous week's episode of Sleep No More. Mm. Um, which was meant to so sleep no more, and this one was meant to be a two a, a two parter, wasn't it? I did, well, I was still confused about that. I don't know. Yeah, we, it, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's not. So we can kind of discount everything from sleep no more, pretty much, because this is an isolated episode, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and same. Yeah. Um, and it's actually, in in my opinion, it's well, it should be the, a three parter with the next two weeks. It should absolutely lead on into those. I think that's the idea. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, face the raven, Sarah Dollard. Sarah Dollard. Yeah. Not Sue Dollard. Not Helen Dollard. But Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> um, who, uh, who I think, I don't know if you agree, mate, but I, I think wrote a very very good script for this one. I I do agree. Yeah. I think um, I think yeah, this is her first script for who. Um, I think she did a really good job. What I, what I love about it, before we just quickly before we get into it, is I love the amount of ideas in this this episode. Like the, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, I think she done a very good job. Yes. Yeah, I th- I think so. Yeah, very good job. Um, so her story, uh, very quickly, is um, uh, it's all about the concept. Um, and she spoke about this at the festival as well, didn't she? Which was quite interesting. Mm. Um, this concept of uh, trap streets. Yeah, where when map cartographers are doing their maps, um, they put a secret street in there which only they know about. And if they see another person or another company's map and they see that street in there, which is a a false uh, street, they know that their work's been copied and they can do whatever. Yeah, and um, this is a real thing, isn't it? I mean, that's what a I love the idea yeah, of it, yeah. and b I love the fact it's actually a real thing. A real so. thing, yeah. Cartographers yeah. actually did this, um, and it suits. Um, Stephen Moffat said this as well. It suits who perfectly. Yeah, this whole thing about these secret streets, which are not meant to exist, but somehow, you know, as as who you know wonderfully does, you know, winds it into the story beautifully. So, um, we pick up with. Um, a character that was in Flatline from the previous series, Rigsy. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to get hold of Clara um, using um, the Bat phone, 
quote unquote, as it yeah. as it reminds <laughs> me of. Um, it's like the emergency line for the Doctor and Clara. Um, something's happened to him. He's um, he's blacked out. He doesn't remember, but he's he's found this tattoo on the back of his neck, and which they don't think anything of at the time. But then he explains to them that it's a group of numbers that are counting down. Mm. So it's action stations. They go and find out what's going on, and then the Doctor kind of tries to get out of. He tries to. Um, you know, tries to retrace his footsteps and find out what's going on. And he, he comes, he, how does the doctor get this? How does he come up with this thing that it's a trap street in the first place? Cause he, Clara's talking to Rigsy and um, he's telling her that he's blacked out and he can't remember the past, however many hours, 24 hours. Um, and the doctor just kind of instantly knows that he's looking for a trap street on all these maps and stuff. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Yeah. Um, so uh, I can't, I can't remember exactly why the doctor knows that he was in one of these streets, and that's what's happened to him. But um, maybe you guys can let us know on that. But, yeah, they start trying to sort of track it down. They go to that the sort of library and that, don't they? And start getting out maps. And I can't remember, but somehow they realise it's a yeah, like you said, a hidden street. And Clara's yeah. the one who's like, well, it's a trap street. Clara yeah. seems to know. Mm. I'm thinking that because the tattoo on his neck. Um, must be some kind of alien thing it's not it's not a human thing um the doctor's like right something's happened to him in london um that's not quite human where would where would these aliens be yeah so you know let's look for a trap street and then it's a really cool scene with uh the tardis flying over london and lara uh, lara clara is hanging out the tardis and she's having a whale of a time while she's you know uh, she's got the sonic shades on and all that stuff that was really well done, actually, wasn't it? Because, like, you know, it didn't look sort of dodgy. You know, sometimes we do get the old dodgy CGI show on that. But that, I thought that actually looked pretty decent, that that scene. Like, they're hanging out, flying the TARDIS over London. I thought it was really well done. It was really well done. And we had that scene where um, Riggsy is, like, he's actually concerned about Clara because she seems to be loving this a little bit too much because she almost falls out. Yeah, she's you know, become reckless. She has become reckless indeed. Anyway, they find this trap sh- trap street, and it turns out that it's a it's kind of like um, a retreat, uh, you know, a, a secret retreat for um, these aliens who just want to, you know, be out of the way and and not be bothered. And uh, uh, we find out that the um, the person running this this uh, retreat for these aliens is actually uh, me, or a shielder. Whichever way you Shielder. want to say it, mm. yeah. It's like a sort of refugee camp, isn't it? A refugee camp, yeah. 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 Um, anyway, it's all um, essentially a trap to bring the doctor there. Um, and um, once the uh, once the doctor and Clara find out that you know this is uh, a Shilda's plan, um, Clara goes ahead and does something quite reckless indeed, mm. um, which puts her in some hot water a bit later, um, and we find out that. Um, you know, that's uh, the end of the end of Clara. Yeah. Um, so basically, Ashilda wants to. Um, does she want to take the TARDIS? I'm pretty sure she, that was her plan. She's made yeah. She's made a deal with someone, hasn't she? And we don't know who. Yes. Um, and yeah. it's basically to get the Doctor. Um, yeah, it's to get the key of the TARDIS off the Doctor, and then to transport him to well, we don't know yet, but wherever. But that's basically the whole plan. And yeah. Obviously, yeah. Clara goes and throws her. <laughs> throws a, a brick in the water and it all goes pear-shaped, yeah. Yeah, so that was it essentially. A shielder mm. basically wanted to uh, send the Doctor away to make sure that the peace is kept 
um, at this uh, refugee camp, as we say it. Mm. Um, but it kind of goes a bit belly up. Yeah. When she realizes that uh, the chrono lock um, has been passed to Clara, so she can no longer affect. Because she was going to cancel it, wasn't she? She was just going to. She was going to get Rigsy. The whole thing with Rigsy was to lure the Doctor in. And then once the Doctor had been teleported off, she was going to cancel it. But by transferring it over to Clara, the terms were broken. There was like no more contract. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she couldn't save Clara. And then the last bit of the episode is literally just about Clara's departure and stuff. So that's Face the Raven, I think, in a nutshell. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, overall, before we get to the details... Um, pretty damn good yeah pretty yeah. damn good um it was it was it was an episode where um you could send even if you didn't know that this was clara's last episode you could sense that something was coming mm. i think it was cleverly written where um there was like these little moments where you could tell that clara was really really pushing you know when you say that she was being reckless and stuff like that, you could tell that she was very much um, trying to emulate the doctor. Yeah. You know, and by, by emulating the doctor, she's not really understanding fully the consequences of what happens because, you know, the doctor, as we, as we know, has this knack of having a plan up front, mm. but you don't know that he's got a plan, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, he kind of, he, 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 he seems to know, the outcome of things before we actually see it. And that was his plan all along. And, um, and on the other side of the coin as well, he's very much a get himself out of any situation quite easily. Mm. And I think Clara tries to go down that same road where um, the bit where she's hanging out the TARDIS and she nearly falls out and, and uh, Riggs is what is like, she's loving this a bit too much. And the doctor's like, you know, you have no idea sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so he, he, so you can tell not just from the doctor and Riggs' point of view, but we can all see as well that she's heading down. She's going into this place where it's, she's trying to be like the doctor, mm. but she's, uh, she hasn't quite got the chops yet to, to pull herself out of any situation and have a, a forward thinking plan, even though she thinks she does. She's, yeah. she's not the doctor, you know, essentially. And um, she's become very confident. Yes. Very what overly confident almost. Mm. Um, Which I kind of like. We we have sort of built up to this. I mean, there's been a few little scenes when you think back. Like, I think we said in, in the Under the Lake review about that scene that seemed a bit odd, where the Doctor sort of reined her in a bit. And we, I think at the time we found it might be a bit of padding. We were like, well, what what was that about? Do you remember the Doctor says, there's only one of me? Yes. You yep. know, because she's ready to just go off. And, but that sort of makes sense now. And I actually like this because I think when you, you know, when you do, when you hang around with someone for so long, like Clara has hung around with the doctor and, and the same in real life. When you, when you hang around with people, you do start to, um, I don't know, not imitate, but you do pick up traits from them. And I, I actually think it's quite a good little observation. I think Clara would start to become a bit fearless and a bit cocky because she's traveled with the doctor. She's been in all these, you know, um, scenes of danger and peril and always escaped and the doctors always saved the day and so i think it it kind of makes sense that she would become a bit blasé to it all after a while and, yeah, I, and I like yeah. i like that they picked up on that and and used it to ultimately be her demise i think i think it's a really 
nice idea. Well, not nice, but I think it's a really good idea. I think it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like a natural kind of progression for her character because she's been through so much and even though she's been through a hell of a lot with the Doctor, she's still there and she's still going. So she probably has got a, a, quite a lot of confidence about her at the minute. Mm, you know, she's, yeah. she's like, well, I've been through so much and I've come through it all. You know, I'm, she's almost got like a sense of invincibility about her. Yeah, and she's always yeah. sort of thinking, well, what would the doctor do? And she thinks that's what he would do. She thinks, oh, he would, he's so clever. And she thinks she's got it worked out in her head, doesn't she? That, um, what is it? What is it? Well, if she takes the countdown, she thinks um, that that, you know, that there's no way that she's going to die because it's all, you know, it sort of, she sort of thinks of it the other way that she's broken the contract so it can't work and all that sort of thing. And, yeah, you know, and she's also got this, um, this kind of constant, safety blanket of being with a doctor because yeah a, a couple of episodes in a series where um something has happened to her she's immediately turned to the doctor and she's been like we can fix this right we can yeah. fix this so she she she's got like the doctor you know he provides a bit of security so where something doesn't go quite to plan she knows that he can just sort it out and you know on to the next adventure mm, yeah and uh which is kind of what she's banking on really you know because she's she she takes this chronolock off of rigsy with the intent of, you know, so that's you saved. That's me, you know, doing the good doctor bit. I've saved you. And, mm. you know, now we're going to sort out the rest of it. And if it goes wrong, the doctor will fix it. Yeah. And uh, and I think yes. she would think that because of, mm -hmm. because of all the previous, you know, adventures. So it does make sense. I really do think it makes sense. Yeah. And, I, and, and, and the fact she does it, uh, you know, because she hears Rigsy on the phone talking to his girlfriend or you know with the baby and that she sees that he's got this family and you know so it did did make sense to me she would do it she'd think i'm not you know i'm not gonna let him die when he's got this family and like you said the doctor will sort it i'll just yeah. take it off him it'll all be fine yeah so it's good yeah yeah and she's also heard the doctor say quite a few times now um you know quite confidently you know i'm the doctor and i save people yeah so that's obviously rubbed off you know on her <laughs> she she wants to do the same thing so yeah. Um, right. So trap streets. Mm. What did you think to these and how how they were implemented in this? I thought it was quite clever. I thought it was. Um, I was expecting a bit more in, mm. in in terms of when they found the trap street, how they would actually, you know, enter it. It turns out to be it was just like um like a trick of the eye sort of thing. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't to be seen by 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 humans. Um, but it's only because Rigsy was kind of like glitching in his memory. He was able to you know, to, to, to visualise it in his mind. Um, you know, but I thought I was expecting a little bit, something a bit cleverer uh, than that to how they actually got into this uh, secret street. But it, it was it was okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I agree with you there because on first watch, I, I wasn't quite sure how they'd managed to see through it. Um, and on the second watch, yeah, I kind of get it. Um, yeah, I think they could have done something a bit more with that. Uh, you know, they could have just sort of been that they found the location and if they sort of, I don't know, pushed the secret panel or I don't know, there could have been more to it because I didn't quite get how they just suddenly could see it. Yeah. Um, the thing is, like the other thing, and you might be able to explain this because I'm sure there is um, thinking behind it. I didn't quite get the counting on the street either. Although I liked the idea, I wasn't quite sure what was going on. Um, they, but basically, they just trying to make sure that everything on the map was exact and that's why they were counting the steps or I, I didn't quite get it. Yeah, I think um I think the whole the whole thing about counting the steps, I think it was because the the entrance to the street um 
I think it kind of plays with your memory. It plays with your your concentration a little bit. Right. So as you're walking along and you're trying to count, because this is interfering and blocking your, you know, it kind of interferes with your mind, and you you can never finish a countdown, you know, from ten to zero or something because it uh-huh. kind of interferes a little bit. So it makes you think that like something isn't quite right, but you just ignore it and move on. It's that kind of concept. Right. Well, I quite I quite like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was quite yeah. cool. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't expecting you know. You know, to pull out an umbrella and tap some bricks, like getting into Diagon Alley or anything like that. I, I just thought they could have done it a little bit more, a bit more who. It just seemed a little bit obvious to me. Yeah, I did think yeah. the same. Yeah. However, once we got into the um, this uh, refugee camp and stuff, it was very, um, yeah, it was very claustrophobic and very, you could tell that it wasn't particularly a happy place. You know, no, it wasn't. And we got yeah. to see, uh, we got to see some sort of, old familiar faces didn't we like hmm. the the, the jadoon and um a cyberman and an ood and there was loads actually i mean they were split so you had to be quick yeah like you blinking you'd miss them but there's lots of these guys but they were all sort of in disguise weren't they, they were all sort of like yeah. you said being yeah. hid, hidden away mm-hmm. yeah um, but i have to say i love the set you know i really i know it so obviously a set but i loved it it sort of seemed like something out of harry potter um, just the way it was lit and I don't know something about that just that little street mm. scene that I just really liked I it felt cozy and like you said but also a very dangerous place to be and yeah mm. yeah there were some some dodgy characters lurking around on the street mm. and it, it all added to the atmosphere I think I thought that was really well done once you were actually in there inside yeah. this trap street it was um it was really well done and then we obviously got a shielder who was you know made herself mayor of this little whatever you want to call it. Mm, hard um, to believe she could be any more cocky than she was last time, but she managed it. Yeah. She, um, yeah. Let's talk about a shielder then, Maisie Williams, because there's been a lot of divided opinion about her. Oh. A lot of people have said that she's brilliant, you know, and she's great and, you know, they love the character and they also love Maisie Williams and, you know, she's a fantastic actor and stuff. And I can agree to a point. Um, I can agree to a point because, um, I don't know if anyone watches Game of Thrones, but she's very, very good in that. But I think for something like this, she's a bit one-sided to me. I, mm. I don't see much of a dynamic performance from her. She's very much a... Mm, I'm not sure. She doesn't seem to have much character about her. She's She's got this, you know, very steely, you know, blank, you know, the guards are always up kind of feel about her with this character. Mm. But there isn't, there wasn't anything that... That once I'd finished watching and thinking, wow, you know, she is really, she's really a great actor. I, she's good. Don't get me wrong. I thought she was quite good, but not really setting the world on fire. Like some people were carrying on like, you know, and certainly not companion material. Oh, goodness me, no. Because that I'm was gonna, a rumour, wasn't it? Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I, I, she works perfectly fine in the episode, but there's no gravitas to her performance. No. There's nothing about her that makes me... I don't come out of the episode going, God, Maisie Williams is brilliant this week. Yeah, the same. Um, yeah. And some people were, and that's fair play. I mean, I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I, I can't compare a, uh, compare a you know, performance. But no, just for me, um, she was fine in this. I mean, she was written to be quite unlikable. I think by the end of it, because it's kind of, you know, it's down to her that Clara um, dies, you kind of hate her. Um, but it kind of works because the Doctor is so 
venomous at the end that you just love it that she's like you know she's really sort of timid and all mm-hmm. sorry for what i've done but yeah i mean she worked in the episode uh probably better than she did in the other two for me personally i wasn't a fan of her in in the two parts she was in particularly um but yeah she's not i don't get the big hype um and i know um one of our listeners mark harris uh, hello, Mark. If you're listening, uh, <laughs> don't smash your, um, <laughs> g- g- you know, d- do not smash your audio device. Uh, I, n- I know you you really rate Maisie, and and you think, um, uh, well, I think it was Maisie blindness uh, that I'm suffering from. But yeah, just for me personally, she just doesn't do anything for me. Um, but I kind of think she worked better in this than the other two. You know, in the fact that she was meant to be unlikable, and you kind of like sort of think, oh. You know, you, yeah. you've overstepped the mark here. Because the thing is, she's playing a very smug character in this, uh, isn't she? She's very cocky and she's sort of ruling the roost yeah. and dishing yeah. out and dishing out the punishments. So, yeah, she worked OK. It wasn't she wasn't bad. Um, but, yeah, she didn't like you said, didn't set the world on fire uh, in terms of performance for me. But, yeah, she wasn't bad. She was OK. Yeah. And uh, Joyvan Wade, Rigsy. Good mm. to see him back. I like Riggsy. Yeah. I really do. I, I yeah. I was quite surprised when it was announced to be coming back. I have to be honest, because um, yeah, it's perfectly fine in Flatline, but it didn't. It wasn't a character where I thought, nah, we're going to be seeing more of him. Um, so I was a bit surprised, but actually, I was I was pleased to see him. Um, I'm not sure why he's up sticks from Bristol and moved to London uh, and had a kid. It's the uh, girlfriend, mate. It's the it's girlfriend, the wife. isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but for me, I, I quite like Riggsy. I think he's 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 likable enough. He's again, he's one of those characters that like to sort of pop up now and again. Because part of me, uh, don't don't think I've lost the plot here, but <laughs> part of me wondered if he may even become the new companion. And the reason I say that is because I think, I think we may be getting a male companion in the new series, and I just wouldn't be surprised if the Doctor went back and took him. Oh, although he's got the family, isn't he? No, all right, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe I'm completely off track there. But just for a minute, I had visions of him joining the TARDIS for a bit. Well, we we know it's not going to be him because at the festival, Moffat did answer a question and <laughs> and did say that the new companion will be a character we've never seen before. Now you don't believe that man, do you? Um, I think I do on that occasion. All right, I think you yeah. could be right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think for the, on that on that particular subject i do mm. okay um but i think i don't think it'd be a bad companion i think it'd be quite cool it'd just be a bit like would would he work with capaldi week in week out that's the only thing yeah i i would like to see the the doctor with somebody a bit older i have to be honest um i, I was thinking a lot about this i have actually been thinking a lot about doctor Who actually since watching this i've just realized that i've been thinking a lot of theories through and I, I i would like to see the doctor traveling with someone a bit older because the dynamic between him and clara was was really good actually and and surprised me it was a lot better than i thought it was going to be um but there was always that sort of you know father daughter sort of him looking out for a kind of thing which works um, but I, I, I don't know. I think that's why I'm looking forward to River and the Doctor together. Yeah. Because they'll be a bit more on each other's level. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think perhaps a slightly older yeah. companion would be good. I don't mean like, you know, same age as Capaldi, but somebody a bit more um, mature would be yeah. good, I think. Riggsy was quite... I, I do like Riggsy, though. He is good. And, and I think he played the whole amnesia thing quite well. You know, when he was... Because um, he gets injected with retcon, doesn't he? Mm. <laughs> Which we've seen in Torchwood. Yeah, um, which is quite clever. 
And uh, I, I think he played that whole thing quite well, like when he was trying to remember stuff, when it was coming back to him in little pieces. Um, and then his performance as well towards the end as, you know, as, as Clara's nearer departure and stuff. I think I think he's very good. I do think he's good. But as a full-time companion, I'm not so sure. I was going to say, it was actually the, the dynamic between him and Clara was actually really nice, wasn't it? Yeah, actually, yeah. I liked that. Um, although, yeah, I mean, they didn't get that much screen time together. Um, but yeah, no, Rigsy. Yeah, perfectly. Yeah, good. He, he just was a nice addition to this this episode. Um, and it could have been a bit cluttered when you think about it, because there's there's so much going on in this, like with the Trap Street and the Refugee and the Shielder and Rigsy and Clara's death and everything. It, it, you know, it could have been a really cluttered, messy episode. But yeah, yeah it worked pretty well, I thought. I thought it was a good addition to it. like him. Yeah. Um, Okie dokie. And what did you think to um, this whole concept of the, the chrono lock? And this, uh, because we first see it, it's kind of attached to a shielder, isn't it? It's like a, a tattoo mm. that's on her and it moves and stuff. And what did you think? Uh, yeah, I, well, I like the, like the countdown. I thought it was a nice idea having this tattoo that she's sort of marked for death, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that idea um, because he's he's sort of... He's been accused of committing a murder, um, and that's why he's got this thing on his neck. Um, and clearly it's a shielder that set all that up, isn't it? We, we realised by the end. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I like that idea. I think it's just, yeah, you're marked for death and it's counting down. Yeah. So it tells you how long you've got left to enjoy yourself. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a good idea. I like it. Yeah. It's, um, I like the name as well, the, um, the actual... Um, the, the thing that's summoned uh, that's normally um, uh, apparently normally appears as a raven, the quantum shade. Love it. That's quite cool, actually. Oh, it's something about that. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely. I love that 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 raven. That that it, it, it is the perfect um, metaphor for death. I think this yes. black yeah. raven. And and uh, without jumping forward too much, I mean, when when Clara was giving her speech, and then they would sort of, every now and again they would just cut back to that thing squawking and coming yeah it just it works brilliant it's just a perfect metaphor for death is coming yeah it's really eerie and, and yeah love it yeah yeah it was good and i really enjoyed the um i quite i, I quite liked that um the you you didn't really know how kind of severe or, or how you know or how threatening it actually was because one of the other people who lived in the street um you know, because there was that scene, wasn't there, when um, a shielder could have saved this this alien that had broken some kind of one of their laws, mm. and she could have saved him, but because she has to kind, because she has to, you know, give this impression that she's, you know, laws have to be obeyed and there's, you know, punishments have to be done. We actually see that that alien who reaches zero, and the raven, you know, just takes him out, and it's just really, it's quite touching as well because, you know. She's like, you know, don't run, don't run, stay with me. But he just, he tries to outrun it and mm. it's just this horrifying scream. And so, yeah, so once you've seen that point, you once you've seen that bit and you realise just how, just how threatening this, this chrono, chrono lock thing is with the quantum shade, it's like, wow, this is, uh... and, that, and that's when you've, that's when you finally, that's when you, that's when your brain puts it all together. When Clara takes mm. the chrono lock off of Rigsy, that's when you think, Oh, that that that's for me. Yeah. That was the point where I thought, "Oh dear, what have you done? This is going to be how it happens." Yeah, yeah. and um, yeah. yeah, and it's. I mean, Sarah Dollar. I think she, like you said, there's lots of really cool things in this episode. Lots of really good ideas, 
And that was one of the best ones for me, this whole mm. quantum shade thing. It was just really well done. And um, yeah, and that's what leads us on to Clara. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, I mean, that, that, that scene you just talked about just told you everything you needed to know. Um, and like you said, as soon as Clara marks herself with death, you just know that that is it. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about, because obviously Clara's left, she's had a couple of sort of <laughs> exits. Yeah. So we've said, you know, whatever the, however she leaves, it's got to be big. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what surprised me about this episode and what I really liked is that it wasn't, well, it was big, but it wasn't, it was still kind of understated. Yes. It wasn't yep. this great, big, um, dramatic exit. Uh, I don't know. I can't really explain it. It wasn't because we kept saying, you know, how on earth are they going to give it impact after the sort of last few times she's left? What are they going to come up with? Yeah. And I, I think it was a brilliant exit for her because it, she, she went out, you know, saving someone and it wasn't overblown. Although I do think the silent screen bit, oh, maybe it was just a tad over the top. Because it is when I first watched it, you know, the bit where she's doing the silent scream, mm-hmm. I did kind of imagine that that, that could be memed quite a lot because <laughs> of the way it was done. But it was, a, I think it was a really good exit. I have to say, I think it was quite difficult to find a way to, to sort of have a proper impact impact after all the sort of exits she's had already so mm, yeah. yeah it was good it wasn't it yeah it was an it was a nice simple idea i suppose is what i'm saying rather than sort of thinking she's in a spaceship crashing to earth and it's all gonna kick off you know it wasn't any of that it was just a very she's marked for death it's coming i'm gonna say goodbye it was a very sort of almost underplayed exit and i really really liked that much more than i thought i would yes and i think that is a that's indicative of Stephen moffat's writing in a way Mm. because I think if this had been a Russell T Davis episode, um, not to say anything negative about his writing in previous who, but we have had an, you know, a, a habit of going a bit melodramatic and a bit, you know, mm. very, very much dragging out the, you know, the emotions and going through it and a big build up, you know, like we saw with Rose um, and David Tennant's departure and stuff like that. But when we saw Matt Smith regenerate into Capaldi, it was like a split second. Yeah, you know, we had we did have a little bit of a, a speech from from Matt Smith, which was thoroughly deserved mm. and, and was quite cool. But it wasn't that long, and the the regeneration to into Capaldi was very very quick. So it was very much a case of right, yep. And it was the same thing, like you say, with Clara. It was quite understated, um, quite quick. There wasn't like a huge build up. The, the entire episode wasn't dedicated to Clara's departure. Mm. It was literally in the last. 10 12 minutes really um and, and we got yeah. a nice speech i mean it, it was that's the thing you, you you're right it didn't drag on i mean we got a nice touching moment between the doctor and clara which is the clip you played in and that and that was it and you just you just kept seeing the, the raven coming and you just yeah i think it was brilliantly done and i i wonder because it's surprising that the moffat <laughs> the moffat <laughs> didn't decide to write i mean i, I i'm sure he's had his hand in this because you know he's been co-credited as writing some of the stories this series, but this one is is totally, um, it, you know, it's credited to Sarah Dollard. It's not doesn't say co-written by Stephen Moffat, but I'm sure he's had his input. I think he said at the festival actually they kind of gave her this list of things that got to be in it. Yeah. But it is surprising that he chose to hand over the departing of such uh, a character that he's had so much input in, sort of developing to to someone else. So it makes you wonder how much of that 
ending was written by Sarah, how much of it was Stephen's idea or, or yeah. what. But do you not do you not think that's surprising that he didn't yes. write her exit? Yeah, I do. I, I think it's a well, I think it's surprising that he wasn't a co-writer on it, considering mm. um, how important this character is. Yeah, her departure is a big thing to fans because we've said it over the last couple of weeks that she is a very popular companion. Lots of there's a lot of love for Clara. A lot of love. So yeah. you would have thought that he would have been on there to make sure, but. Um, even though he's not co-writer, I'm pretty sure he had a hand in that final speech because it's very, very similar to Matt Smith where he has a little speech for a, for a few minutes and then it's quite quick that he's gone. And it's almost the same. You know, she has this little speech for a couple of minutes and then she's out in the street and before you know it, she's gone. Mm. So it's very much a Moffat little bit, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I um, think so. so yes, yeah, so I think he was all over it and... Um, yeah, and the, and, and the doctor's got no choice but to do because one thing that did strike me is she's kind of just left in the street. The doctor just walks back in because he's got that thing on his arm, the teleporter. Yes, because I kind of just thought he's just left her dead in the street. But I guess he's got no choice because what else can he do? You know, he can't come pick her up or or whatever. He's kind of just sort of um, simmering with yeah. with rage. And I that bit where he turns to a shielder and says, uh, "I think you know she wasn't trying to save me." She's trying to save you because the universe is a very small place. So, you know, watch out when I'm angry. I was like, that was shivers down the spine. I was like, whoa, yeah. he's, 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 he's boiling. Yeah. Now. He's really ready to, cause he's just kind of accepted it, isn't he? He's, he's like, right. Clara's dead. What's this? You know, who has summoned me that whoever they are, they better watch out. So you better just teleport me up there because I'm ready to sort this out. And I loved that. I was just like, whoa. Yeah. 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 And it was really nice to see because, well, yeah, because overall, I thought Clara's departure was, although it was very sad, it was, it was well done. And like you say, I, I quite like the whole understated way it was done. Some felt it was um, too understated. I know a lot of people said mm, it was, it was a bit, they were disappointed, but I, yeah. I think that was the point, to be honest. It was the point. Yes. Yeah. And it needed to be, and, and I think it was that way because she's, she's come close to going a couple of times before. Mm. you know and it also needed to be you know we also need to be reminded that the show is about the doctor mm. you know and although the companion is an extremely important part of the whole dynamic of the show it needs to be about the doctor still mm. um and yes so overall i thought her departure was done really well um i quite like the understated underplayed way it was done um and I think I will miss uh, Jenna Coleman because even though she has a, she's had her ups and downs and we've you know we've dissed her a few times and for various episodes I think that for this series I think it's been potentially her best other than the first few episodes that she was in with Matt Smith I think this mm. series has been one of her best consistently good run for her yeah, she's worked incredibly well with Capaldi. I think. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's yeah. I've really enjoyed, really enjoyed Clara um, yeah. in this series and and in the last series pretty much. And yeah, I think a lot of the time it's been down to the writing rather than than Clara because it can be very in, inconsistent. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sad to see her go. But it, yeah, def definitely the right time though because it, it had the perfect impact on me. Uh, you know, when yes. she yep. had that smoke come out of her mouth and it's like, wow, she's finally gone. Oh. That's the thing, though, Gary. That's the thing. Um, because of blimmin' set photos and things that we've seen, um, 
Hello, Doctor Who magazine front cover, because I'm not going to say too much, but we already sort of know in a way that we haven't seen the last of her. And that, that's not a spoiler because it's everywhere. Yes. You yeah. know, the, this picture of her in, in the canteen. Now, we don't know what that's about. It could be it could be something totally different. And I, I suppose in a way, as I say, she was just left in the streets. So we haven't really seen a goodbye. I just get a feeling. I mean, we just know we haven't seen the last of her. So that does slightly and only slightly take it away a bit, a bit of the edge off for me because I keep thinking that was a good exit, but I know that it's not quite the end. Yes, and that isn't a spoiler because, no. um, you know, the official Doctor Who magazine, you know, has been in circulation for a couple of weeks now. And that picture has been everywhere, yes. so yeah. So it's yeah. definitely not a spoiler. We know that it's not the end. Well, we know it's not the last that we've seen of Clara. Mm. Well, yeah. Of Jenna Coleman. I mean, we don't yeah. know what that picture's about. It could be the dots going back in time. It could be anything. Yeah. It does intrigue me. It does really, really intrigue me, like, what that's going to be about. Yeah. But it, uh, but it also, it did slightly take the edge off, because I was watching it thinking, brilliant exit. But all the time I was thinking, but is that is that the end? Is that the you end, know? yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. But I am very intrigued by it. So it's not, it is a very minor sort of... Um, gripe if you like yeah. but that's the thing I mean, it's just so you know i think that is the thing i've thought about this whole series is the bbc or the publicity people have been giving too much away i've thought this this whole series the it's, it's fine to get pictures and, and set photos and stuff just little tidbits but they've been giving quite a lot away i think yeah uh, i, I mean you've only got you've only got to look at the photos that have been released for next week's episode which i think give way too much away already so you know uh, anyway, don't want to go on a ramp, but yeah, yeah, it did. It did just slightly take the edge off for me, but I, I, I'm curious to see what it's about. Yeah, sure. And finally, let's talk about Capaldi. Yeah. So, um, really, really strong throughout the whole episode, but the scene with Clara when she realizes that she cannot escape the Raven. <laughs> the whole point of the episode, um, and his reaction is awesome because we had that up and down so we had that um and i don't want to take away anything i don't it's not that i don't want to mention like the first three quarters of the episode um you know he was really good in those points you know he Mm -hmm. was just being the doctor as normal but the standout moment for me would be the bit where clara knows and he's in immediate denial clara knows that she can't escape death um inside he really knows that, but he has this explosive moment where he's like to a shielder, you know, you can fix this, so do it now. Before I tear this whole place down. Yeah, yeah. he's like, before I end you yeah. and all that stuff. You know, he's really threatening and stuff. And then Clara calms him down and he has this moment where they're, you know, she's like, don't insult my memory and don't be this guy. You know, don't be the one that's just going to be, you know, a knee-jerk reaction and raise hell. You know, I want you to be better than that. And then she goes and then we have that moment again where he's just like wow he means business mm. like you said you know whoever's whoever's behind this and whatever's caused it bring it on yeah and, and that's a, such a good line as well that he says to a shielder like the universe is a very small place when i'm angry brilliant really really good so that last bit with the doctor is almost like um in the zygon in the um towards the end of the Zygon inversion where he has that amazing speech, you know, that whole scene. It wasn't quite up there with that, but it had that very same feeling like you thought, right, 
this guy it means business yeah you know and he's he's in the zone and yeah so i, I really what do you think to capaldi in this one yeah yeah i just echo exactly what you said because yeah it's very much um about clara's episode and right rightly so but when the doctor comes through at the end it's um yeah it's just phenomenal and i just find i find capaldi so engaging when he's like that because they've they've lightened him up a bit this series yeah. um and it's just great to see him sort of flip back and be dark and you know the start of this episode if you think about the start of this episode it starts with them bursting through the TARDIS doors and they're having the best time ever yeah. and they're laughing and joking and you see that that very warm side to this this doctor's personality which took a while to come out if you think about series eight you know that's a very different doctor to what we got through series eight it's this, this sort of you know he, he didn't even want to be hugged or touched in series eight and now we're laughing joking and you know so he's really grown fond of clara that relationship's really built and the parallel to the end of the episode is so good yeah in, in that, that yeah. he's he's that as that has been cut dead quite literally yes and yeah. they've taken everything away they you know all the things that um he's sort of fought against but gradually grown to love they've taken away from him and now he's just like a bit like clara with danny now he's just like okay you've taken everything i i don't give a damn anymore you know what i mean and, and that's kind of why clara did what she did because she's after danny's death she's become much more uh blase about yes. stuff hasn't yeah. she because yeah. she's like yeah. well so what you know you know so what to you know and and that's the doctor at the end of this episode he's like right you know bring it on and it's yeah I, I thought Capaldi was great. Um, the scene with him and Jenna at the end, just, just brilliant. It's, it's very unusual that we see the doctor not being able to fix. It. I mean, he was, you know, when she, like you said, she realizes she can't escape it and he's just absolutely in panic, isn't he? Like quiet panic at the side of her, just um, uh, trying to think, you know, the clock is ticking. There must be a way out of it, but there isn't. And it's not very often mm -hmm. that we see the doctor absolutely helpless like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just thought, yeah, absolutely superb. Uh, him and him and Jen, Jenna together, just superb. Absolutely. Yeah, love it. Um, Okie dokie, scores. Right. Um, I think it's me first. Is it or is it you? It is you. It's me. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I yeah, very enjoyable. Love all the ideas explored in this. Uh, a good send off for Clara, I thought, and uh, just the ending just tingles tingles down the spine. I'm giving it an eight out of ten. An eight. An eight. A very strong eight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Eight out of ten. Cool. Um, I thought it was um, a great episode. I thought it was um, foreboding, and you know, you knew something was was definitely uh, on its way, which wasn't going to end well. So I thought it was brilliantly written. I thought um, seeing as Sarah Dollard, this is her third, sorry, her first um, uh, outing for Who, I thought it was a, a cracker for a first writer and a lot of responsibility as well. So um, I thought she did a, a, a cracking job. Um, and also, did you notice the, um, uh, the you know, the, the guy who runs away from the Raven, the old guy, you know, the yes. old couple and the other, um, uh, that guy played uh, Luvik in uh, Keeper of the Trakum. Did he? Yeah. I did not know that. Luvik, yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh, wow, right. Okay, well, that's nice. Yeah. I didn't know that. That was a nice little touch. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, I was expecting a little bit more from a few places on it, but overall I thought it was really good. Um, I'm going to give it 8.5. 8.5. Yeah. 
8.5. Yes, I, I must admit, I yeah, the only reason I didn't go any higher is because like you, there's, there's a couple of little bits. Um, one thing I just wanted to ask you, actually, is I, I didn't quite get why Clara needed to hang out of the TARDIS. <laughs> Although I loved the scene, and I get the idea it should have reckless. I didn't know what she was trying to locate the street with the sonic shades. Yeah. 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 That's the only bit I just thought, well, I'm sure the TARDIS has got enough technology for not to need to hang outside. Ah, right, uh, right. But I didn't mind. I just, <laughs> it, it made for a nice scene, but there was, yeah, there was just a couple of little bits like that that just slightly took it away. And um, just one thing we didn't mention as well was the, the kid with the two heads, two faces, you know, oh, of course, face, yeah. Yeah. face of the head, which, um, which was, which was a nice touch. I like it when we get things in Doc two like that, that are just, you know, an unusual idea, and the the woman in that that pod, stasis pod, or whatever, and yeah, 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 yeah. Lots of lots of great ideas in this, and the cracking um, first story from Sarah Dollard. Yeah, yeah. There's loads of little things. It probably happens quite a lot in in episodes where we just haven't got time to go through all of the little things. But um, mm. but yeah, that was um, that was a good concept as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rightio, what did you guys think to this one? And let's crack on with an audio review. This is Alex Kingdom. Hello, Gary and Adam from the Big Blue Box Podcast. I just want to say thanks to you all because you guys have inspired me to make my own YouTube channel. I, 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 when I was younger, of course, but I've, I've always been bullied for liking Doctor Who because people will say it's a childish show. Aww. And then I found these this group <laughs> of amazing Whovians that just love Doctor Who. They don't care. I mean, you guys are like, pfft. you guys just inspire it and you guys have inspired me to make a channel. Now I can't. I don't think I can prolong this any longer. Face the Raven. Even though she's had a rough bit, we all have to say she's an absolutely fantastic companion. She has done. She has like did a comment that the actress has put her heart out for the show, and she will always be remembered in Doctor Who history. Not as the impossible girl. Not as the woman, the person born to save the Doctor. But as Clara Oswald. Face the Raven overall was really fun, actually. I really liked when they were trying to find the trap street. I really liked Poddy. The only thing that I didn't like uh, was the shoulder. She didn't need to be there. Like, why was she... Why did she even do this? Like, she had this thing for the Time Lords, and I get that. But couldn't it have been any character? Because it just feels like the same old formula. Uh, Shoulder's betraying the Doctor. I give... Face the Raven, a 9 out of 10. And I love the bit at the end with Rixie spray painting the TARDIS. Goodbye! Cool. Thanks, Alex. I'm glad he reminded me about that, the TARDIS. At the end. That, yeah, yeah, I loved that. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. loved it. I, I, do, you know the, <laughs> do you know the first thing I thought, though? Go on. I hope they do a toy of it. <laughs> I want that. Oh, I, want, I, want a, I want a toy of that. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, I just want to say to Alex as well. I, um, Alex, I was I was bullied at school big time uh, back in the uh, well in the McCoy era. I used to get bullied for liking Doctor Who. Uh, people thought it was terrible, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad that you you know you you've got the Who universe behind you, and it's a great it's a great fandom uh, out there. So you know, don't worry about the bullies. They they know nothing. They know nothing, mate. Very true. Um, yeah, so cheers, Alex. Really, really cool stuff there. And thanks for reminding us, yeah, that bit at the end where Riggs is uh, painting the TARDIS. And I hope they, they I reckon it'll be out. That'll be out. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I'm thinking a little Titan of that would be superb. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, right, Lewis Palmer from Facebook. Uh, she's gone. 
the character I've hated, despised, and been absolutely livid over for two years <laughs> is finally out of the show. I'm overjoyed. Oh. Whoa. Okay. And Jenna gave a fantastic performance in that scene as well. I will miss Jenna, but not Clara. Uh, anyway, the actual episode was really good. Brilliant dark stuff. Still hate a shielder or whatever the hell she called. Uh, <laughs> whatever the hell she's called this week. But apart from that, she was great. Uh, Sarah Dollard can definitely come back. Yes, she can. Oh, and what was up uh, with the titles? The visuals started like five seconds in. How could they mess that up? Yeah, a lot of people pointed out that they just keep cocking up the the sound, the, the music with the uh, graphics. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can't be that hard, can it? Can't be. Right, Scott Stearns. Uh, a good farewell episode that was a good fit for Clara's character arc. Uh, felt a bit rushed given they had to wrap everything up in one episode, but so much better than last week's disaster. Uh, I like seeing local knowledge again. Uh, the trip to the map room seemed a bit of filler. Uh, cool location, but since they flew over London in the TARDIS, why did they need to visit it? Uh, and the death scene skirted the edge of being over the top. Maisie Williams was just okay as mayor. Uh, she didn't quite have all the right gravitas for the character, like you said, Adam. Uh, Capaldi was great as usual. I agree with the comments about hoping um, there are more Sarah Dollard scripts in the future. Uh, yes, I agree with you, mate. Um, right, another audio clip. Uh, Callum MacArthur. Hello, Gary and Adam. This is my review of Face the Raven. Wow, what an episode. This episode was just amazing. The best episode out of Series 9. And the concept of it was really clever. Trap Street, someone going in Trap Street, and it turns out it was a refugee camp for aliens, which, yeah, could be a bit off, but, you know, watch for me. Ashiodo was a bit lost in it in this episode. I don't really know why she was needed in it, but, you know, Bixie was amazing, um... Taking this role from last year's flatline, just um, slipped right back into the character. Now, Clara's demise, um, Clara's death. Um, I don't think we've ever had a death in a companion apart from Adric. Um, it was just amazing how the doctor inside of her kind of came out and she acted like she had 13 regenerations, but she only had one life and she sadly died. Now, I think this is one of the um, really good episodes out of Series 9, and I give this episode a uh, 8 out of 10. No, no I don't. I changed my mind. I give it a uh, 11 out of 10. Um, hope, hope you guys have a good rest of the podcast. See you guys later. Cheers, Callum. Thanks for that, buddy. Nice one. Uh, Ryan Anthony. Uh, just when I thought Series 9 couldn't get any better, Face the Raven happens. Uh, I want to start by saying, wow. Uh, make Sarah Dollard head writer now, because that episode proved that she is gone. Uh, she is one of the best writers we've ever ever had for Doctor Who. Uh, script was absolutely sensational. So was the acting. Um, since um, this was Clara's final episode, she had a lot to live up to, and would have been pressured to give a perfect performance. And boy, did she succeed! Uh, uh, I was actually extremely sad to see Clara leave. In fact, I was more uh, gutted to see Clara go than nine, ten, and eleven in their final scenes. Uh, well done Jenna for the perfect performance and also to Peter who acted out a really powerful reaction um, 100 million out of 10 <laughs> brilliant cool <laughs> wow Joe Sweeney uh, very good quite enjoyed it outstanding performance from Peter and Jenna uh, this episode um, uh, Peter's Doctor was quite dark towards the end uh, since after the witch is familiar and it's the way 12th Doctor should be Clara's exit was quite emotional, but I don't think it's Clara's um, last 
uh, episode because apparently she will be in the final. Mm. Mm, we'll wait and see. Um, hmm, so we shall see. Uh, nice to see Riggsy, but I found him a bit underwhelmed in this episode. Same with the Shielder uh, and the co-caster. Raven was quite scary. Over a good episode, 8 out of 10. Oh. Uh, Sammy Satine. Uh, the Doctor went to Diagon Alley. <laughs> Where's Hagrid? Mm. Um, uh, ding dong, Clara's dead. Rub your eyes, get out of bed. Ding dong, Clara <laughs> Oswald's dead. <laughs> sorry, couldn't... <laughs> she says sorry, couldn't help it. Um, uh, I'm not that overjoyed about it. It was actually a bit sad. I won't miss Clara, but Jenna seems so lovely, and I think her acting career will go on to new heights from here. Um, Peter perform- Peter's performance was excellent, as per usual. I love the coat, and I want to cuddle it. Uh, a shielder was okay. I don't hate her, but I don't like her either. Uh, eight out of ten. Yes, very good. I just noticed actually, yeah, Capaldi's back to being smart all of a sudden in this one, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Uh, more audio stuff. Um, this is Ian Stevens. Hi, kids. This is Ian from France, um, despite the black country accent. Um, so, <laughs> feedback. Uh, firstly, it looked beautiful. At times, Doctor Who approaches cinematic levels of quality. The main plot, well, not the main plot element, but the MacGuffin, which kick-started the whole thing, was borrowed straight from In Time, the Andrew Nichols sci-fi movie. Here, it's a tattoo. In the film, it's a digital readout, counting down a life. No problem with that, though. Um, Sci-fi always pilfers from other quality sci-fi fare. Maisie Williams, eh? Oh, dear. Um, Perhaps she's great in one specific role. Um, Put her in anything else, and her failings as an actor become exposed, especially when placed in stark contrast with the acting prowess of someone like Capaldi, who, again here, stole the show with some of those final lines. You'll find the universe is a small place when I'm angry with you. Something like that, he said. And it made my blood run cold. Bloody brilliant. And then there's Clara. Well, we all knew it was coming. And I'm kind of glad it's over and done with. Got a bit melodramatic for my liking. But it didn't drag on too long. And crucially, this may well be the catalyst for Capaldi to go all psycho on our asses. And that's surely no bad thing. Um, A decent episode then. If not excellent. But it certainly sets up next week's episode nicely. I liked it. 7 out of 10. Okay, c'est suffit. Je parti. A bientôt, mes amis. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, and thanks for pointing out about the uh, the in-time thing, because I knew I'd... I, I felt I'd seen the countdown thing sort of format before, but I couldn't think what it was. Yeah, yeah. excellent. I agree with him a lot on what he said as well. Yeah, cheers, buddy. All the way from France. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Right, back to Facebook, Christopher Law. Uh, without a doubt a fantastic exit story for Clara Uh, the concept of the trap street was a great one but I do think that was sidelined in order to write Clara out not a massive fan of Clara but throughout series 9 she has really grown on me and I must admit I'm sad to see her go but with her recent recklessness there was really no other way for her to go other than making a reckless mistake Uh, 9 out of 10 Uh, George Coppen Uh, I really enjoyed this episode. I think it's one of the best of the series so far. I don't think Clara is dead because of two reasons. Number one, this episode is written by a new Who writer, and I don't think Moffat would let a new writer kill off a main character, which is kind of what you said earlier, mate. Mm. And number two, um, should I read this? It does say spoiler alert. 
Oh, spoiler um, alert. Spoiler alert. So if you don't want to listen to this bit, cover your ears or whatever. Actually, it's not a spoiler because it involves the Doctor Who magazine, which we've already said anyway. Um, in the latest Doctor Who magazine, it says she is um, in either next week's or the final episode. So, but as far as this episode is concerned, really enjoyed it. Eight out of ten. Um, Alex Edwards. Uh, I was too distracted by the glorious velvet coat to notice anything else. <laughs> All I can say is I want. Yes, <laughs> love, lovely that coat. Yeah. Um, more audio, Jay Kent. This episode was so sad that I'm going to put sad piano music in the background of this review. I was so, so doubtful about this episode. <laughs> but it turned out to be one of the most beautiful companion send-offs since, well, Amy and Rory. Angry 12 was phenomenal, Dying Clara was beautiful, the TARDIS at the end was magnificent, and Maisie Williams was, well, still as bland as a glass of weak old lemonade, but what an absolute <laughs> female dog. I wasn't too keen on the Diagon Alley for monsters and all the brutal war species to have just like suddenly become BFFs, but what does that even matter? Clara's death made this, her sacrifice made this, the acting of everyone apart from Maisie Williams made this. I wouldn't go as far to say it's absolutely perfect, but it's certainly one of the best this series. And I'm sure people will be raving about this episode for years to come. Hey, see what I did? Oh no, but a strong 9 out of 10. R.I.P. Clara Oswald, you utter, utter babe. <laughs> that was beautiful, Jay. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Entertaining as always. Thank you, Jay. Yeah. Uh, Rightio, back to Facebook. Uh, Martin Bad Wilf Martin. Ah. Uh, absolutely awful. <gasps> Maisie Williams stank up the place with her GCSE <laughs> drama course acting. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's perfect. That's what we're trying to think of. Yes. Yeah. And yet another fake exit for Clara. Oh. What's this? Her fourth. I may have enjoyed it more if they hadn't signposted she's going to die in every single episode. Mm -hmm. um, Jeff Waddle. Oh. Uh, Maisie Williams is nowhere near enough a good actress to make this me character remotely believable or interesting. Mm -hmm. Clara's death would be more powerful if she hadn't died umpteen times before. And there aren't unlimited versions of her anyway. The doctor going, uh, the doctor doing nothing to stop her demise was so out of character. It was jarring, unless it's part of his plan, in which case she's not dead. And I hope Murray Gold goes too. Time for a <laughs> <laughs> time for a change. This overpowering music. Do they think we don't know when to be happy or sad? Yeah. Oh, Jeff. Oh, Jeff. I always look forward to Jeff's comment. It's a roller coaster for you, buddy. It is. It's a constant up and down. Right. Lastly, on Facebook, Ben Smith. Uh, finally, Clara's gone, but the episode itself was underwhelming. Uh, the plot was very weak and thin. Capaldi and Coleman were on top form, but Riggsy, a shielder, and the supporting cast were bland. Uh, the murder mystery never got solved. I hate Clara, so I found the last 10 minutes extremely boring. Uh, the death itself was poor with reusing the same shot. I'm glad... They had the guts to kill off the companion and gave such an important episode to a first-time writer. I wasn't blown away, but I want to see Sarah come back. Uh, he gives it 6 out of 10. Oh, okay. And let's finish up with an audio review. This is uh, Who Addicts Matt Rowney. Okay, don't get upset in front of Gary. Do not get upset in front of Gary. Okay, Fierce the Raven was an incredibly gripping and compelling episode from start to finish. The story, the plot, the mystery was so gripping, I thoroughly enjoyed it from the first minute to the last. The characters in this were great, Riggsy was a fantastic addition, as was a Shilda. I love the fact that she 
was partly to blame for Clara's death because it kind of makes the Doctor's actions in The Girl Who Died really relevant because if it wasn't for the Doctor making her immortal, Clara may not have died, so technically the Doctor's partly to blame for this and it harkens back to what Davros said, compassion is his greatest weakness, so it doesn't just make what Davros said relevant, it makes The Girl Who Died relevant, it's so blimmin' clever. Wow, Clara's death was just shocking. She was killed on the spot in the most physical and impactful way. She was struck in the stomach and we saw the life leave her. It was heart-wrenching to see a companion just lifeless and drop to the floor, dead. Unbelievably emotional. Well done, Sarah Dollard, for that. And Clara's goodbye to the Doctor made me shed a tear or two. And the Doctor in this, the rebel is back. Honest to God, him threatening a shoulder, him in denial, the emotion that Peter Capaldi shown in this episode was... Incredible. It was just an all-round fantastic episode. The only small nitpick I have, the fact that there are uh, the Doctor's villains are living in this street amongst each other in peace, I didn't quite find that believable, but the setting itself, that the Trap Street was brilliant. It's so claustrophobic and isolated, and the Raven was great too, so this episode was incredible. I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10, and next week's, that looks graphic, and I can't wait. Cheers, buddy. Appreciate Thank you, your, Matthew yeah. Rowney. Matt Rowney, appreciate your um, your thoughts as always. Mm. Um, anything over on the Geeks Handbag page? Uh, yeah, we had a couple. Um, Stephen Hardy said it was a good episode, but a weak ending for Clara. Mm. Uh, Helen Jones, um, she, she came away with a sense of unfulfillment. Um, she did enjoy the episode pretty much, but she, she just found it a bit underwhelming um, and a bit, bit of a gruesome ending. She's given it a 7 out of 10. Okay. So she still enjoyed it, but just a bit underwhelmed. Yeah. Um, Anthony Stone Street said it was enjoyable fluff. A uh, bit of a cop-out ending, though. Ooh. Andy Spencer said it was very good. Nice bit of drama. Sad, but that was to be expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spence Horton, eh? he's had a bit of a roller coaster as well, I think. Sometimes he likes it, sometimes he doesn't. Uh, this week, he says, it was amazing. Why couldn't the rest of the last two seasons have been on this level? But maybe not so emotional, though, he says, with a winky face uh emma riley mm. she says a very good episode and a bit sad um but apparently she's in the vi- final so hmm she says <laughs> we just don't know though we just don't know what that's about it could be anything yeah kieran knight lots of great ideas and to have four great actors in capaldi coleman wade and williams in one scene was enough to keep me entertained i hope this episode's events can have an impact on future episodes as it is something doctor who should do to keep it fresh Next week's looks great, he says. The Dalek Empire says one of the best ever in great <laughs> big capital letters. And um, that's it. Yeah, that's the last one. Yeah, sorry, the last comment was just from my cousin Harriet. He's just put a load of crying emojis. Um, oh. Yeah, so <laughs> Harriet obviously found it quite moving. So, okay. Yeah, pretty much overall um, good stuff, I think. There is something I want to ask you, though, Gary. Sure. Um, we 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 didn't really enjoy last week's very much, but we both enjoyed this week's. Mm-hmm. Do you think this this story would have benefited from being a two parter? If we could, if we could erase last week's and have it as part one and this part two, written by Sarah Gollard and Stephen Moffat, do you, do you think that would have would have benefited, or do you think it was just fine as a standalone? Uh, I don't think it would have no? benefited because it was such a simple it was such a simple idea. You know, mm. um, with Rigsy being um, kidnapped and 
can't remember the doctor solving what's happened to him and as a result of that you know him being teleported off and Clara leaving it's it's not I think if they would have stretched it over two episodes it would have been it would have been a case it would have been one of those stories where it was like is she going yet is she going yet you know fair enough so I think I I don't think I mean mm, no no I don't think it would have benefited mate no no okay I just was intrigued yeah because as I say it was unusual that we've had Two parters all the way up to, to now, and it, it's slightly jarring for me. But but I think you're right. I think it yeah, it would have just dragged out the death too much. We would have just been thinking, oh, next week she's going. Yeah, so yeah. fair play, fair mm. play indeed. Yeah, but good though, good one. Yeah, it was a good one. So face the raven. Um, thank you very much, guys, for sending in all your stuff, uh, audios and Facebook and all that stuff. Really, really cool. Um, eight point five from me, eight for you, buddy. Mm. And I think we will wrap there. Yeah so that is episode 66 done and in the can mm-hmm. um, thank you very much for I know I say thank you a lot but I can't thank you enough you guys make the show so thank you very much for all your thoughts and reviews. And those of you who are sending audio stuff, thanks for taking the time out to do that. Uh, keep those coming, by the way. We really love those. Um, but if possible, and I know we put this on Facebook and stuff, but can you please try and keep it to around a minute? Otherwise, um, I have to spend time chopping bits out and stuff like that. And you probably don't want bits chopped out. And I don't want to sit there chopping bits out either. <laughs> Nobody wants any chopping done. No. So around a minute, a minute and a half if you've really got something mega important to say, obviously. Um, but otherwise, yeah, really appreciate that. Very cool. Um, right, trivia. Uh, last week we asked you, uh, before his death, what planet does Adric say he wants to be taken to? Um, and the answer was Pterodon. Mm. And uh, surprisingly, nobody nobody got that right. Oh, is there not many Adric fans out there? Come on, you've got to love a bit of Adric. I like Adric. I must admit, I didn't know the answer, though. I have to say, I, I genuinely do like Adric, but I don't. I didn't know the answer. Is it? Does he say this in Earthshock? Yes. God, I've seen that a million times. I yep. just can't believe I didn't know it. So, oh dear, yeah. oh dear. Anyways, this week's trivia question: um, Who reportedly told the Doctor that he looked better in a cloak? Ooh. And uh, I can give you a clue here, as we're celebrating the. Um, uh, the 52 years of Doctor Who, you need to go back to the first Doctor for this answer. Mm. So who reportedly told the Doctor that he looked better in a cloak? Um, send us your answer on Twitter or Facebook, and we'll read the correct ones next week. That's quite a hard one, I think. Yeah, good. I shall be mighty impressed with whoever gets that right. Yeah. Um, remember to enter our competition. If you jump over to Facebook now, you'll see a, a post there on the top of the uh, page. Just uh, pop your favourite Who story down and we'll around, uh, announce the winner next week and get that posted out to you. Ooh. Until then, go on to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. Listen to all the other episodes and you can uh, jump over to iTunes to subscribe and Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. And remember to check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag, on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, so enjoy um, Heaven Sent tomorrow yes, night. Yep. Yes, yes. I'm very, very excited about this. Uh, a one-hander, pretty much, I think. Yeah. With Capaldi. To, yeah, yeah, look forward to reviewing that next week. Until next week, though, my name's Gary. 
And my name's Adam. <laughs> and until then, uh, Lanty! Lanty!